Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Allendary, and I'm an infectious disease specialist in New Orleans. Hi, my name is Hope Hickerson, and I'm a health education specialist and reporter. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician, that's me, and a health education expert, that's me, talk to healthcare professionals about what you need to know about COVID-19, as well as community and public health. For more information about Noise Filter, your public health podcast, and to watch and share our incredible informative animations, please visit us at noisefiltershow.com. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to us. So let's get started. Misunderstood breakthrough COVID deaths. Sadly, former Secretary of State Colin Powell recently passed away due to COVID-19 complications. His death has sparked conversations about breakthrough deaths among vaccinated individuals. Dr. Todd Ellerin, Director of Infectious Diseases at the South Shore Medical Center in Massachusetts, said Mr. Powell, who was 84 years old, was also immunocompromised and was being treated for multiple myeloma, which is a bloodborne cancer that in and of itself can lead to a compromised immunity. It certainly can. In fact, other cancer specialists said that myeloma doesn't just put patients at higher risk of severe illness, but they could also put their immune system at a disadvantage for fighting off COVID-19, even when fully vaccinated, because both the disease and the treatment itself are highly immunosuppressive. Powell was fully vaccinated, but was being treated for multiple myeloma, which is not curable. He had also recently been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, which can itself be debilitating depending on the stage of the disease. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, there have been roughly 7,000 breakthrough deaths among the 187 million vaccinated Americans, with more than 6,000 of them being over the age of 65. This is in contrast to the more than 700,000 COVID deaths among the unvaccinated. In August, unvaccinated people were 6.1 times more at risk of testing positive for COVID-19 and 11.3 times more likely to die from COVID-19 compared to vaccinated individuals. Older Americans, those that are 80 and above, had the highest rate of mortality amongst fully vaccinated people. However, their risk of death was 5.7 times lower than their unvaccinated counterparts in the same age group. In other words, breakthrough infections should not be used as an argument against the vaccine. They should be used as an argument for vaccination because it is our best defense against the likelihood of death from COVID. Dr. Ellerin also said that some people in the U.S. are experiencing what he refers to as a precarious triangle of risk factors, including advanced age, underlying diseases, and the treatment for those diseases. These factors all combine to potentially make individuals immunocompromised and therefore more susceptible to severe COVID-19 infection. No one who receives a COVID-19 vaccine is 100% protected from death, but the vaccines have been shown to be extremely effective at lowering the risk of getting the disease. COVID is responsible for rising TB deaths. For the first time in more than a decade, the death toll from tuberculosis is rising and researchers say COVID deserves all the blame. According to NPR, even though healthcare workers were making steady progress to contain it, tuberculosis was the deadliest infectious disease in the world until COVID came along. 
Dr. Teresa Casava, head of World Health Organization's Global TV program said, the COVID-19 pandemic has reversed years of progress and efforts in the fight against tuberculosis. COVID lockdowns, limited access to healthcare, and patients' concerns about visiting medical clinics made TB far more deadly during the pandemic. Dr. Francesca Conradi, a tuberculosis researcher and doctor in South Africa, said that even though the lockdowns have been lifted, the number of TB cases being diagnosed in the country remains below pre-COVID levels. She doesn't believe they've cured the problem, but thinks that diagnosis rates are actually lower because people are no longer presenting to clinics. Tuberculosis killed roughly 1.5 million people in the first year of the COVID-19 pandemic, up from 1.4 million in 2019. You know, Hope, as an infectious diseases physician, if you'd asked me how many people died a year of TB, I would never have guessed it was something as high as 1.5 or 1.4 million people. Wow. That is still such a highly prevalent issue around the world. Indeed. A simple case of tuberculosis takes at least six months to treat. Complicated drug-resistant cases can take years before a patient is cured. In South Africa, two-thirds of patients with TB are also HIV positive. That created two huge challenges for healthcare workers. In the midst of several waves of COVID-19 lockdowns, when people weren't supposed to be leaving their homes and public transportation was almost at a standstill, healthcare workers had to find new ways to get HIV and TB patients their medications. TB patients who were already on treatment when the pandemic hit were okay and were able to continue treatment. The problem was the patients with TB who hadn't yet shown symptoms and sought out care when the first COVID-19 lockdown hit in March of 2020. Dr. Conradi says that one of the most concerning aspects of the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on TB is that even if the coronavirus disappeared tomorrow, the damage has already been done. She thinks it could take five years for South Africa to get TB back to its pre-pandemic levels. If you have untreated TB, you're going to infect eight other individuals in your community every year, she says. So it's going to take a long time to rebound from this. COVID mutations and what they mean for the future. Again, we face another COVID-19 variant that's leaving most of the world puzzled right now. Scientists were well aware that mutations and various strains were going to occur as the pandemic went on, but what does it mean for the future of the virus? Dr. Trevor Bedford, an expert on viral evolution and epidemiology, spoke at the Stat News Summit about changes in the COVID-19 virus and how viruses behave in general. Dr. Bedford explained how fast the COVID-19 virus was mutating compared to other viruses like the flu. He further elaborated what this means for the future of COVID-19. Over time, the virus will mutate and drift and eventually will begin to evade the immunity provided by previous infection or vaccinations. So how often will we need a booster, an updated vaccine? Dr. Bedford is guessing a new booster will become available every winter season. Eventually, we will reach endemicity with the COVID-19 virus. We'd like to have reached it by now or soon, but new variants continue to delay that. Endemicity means that we will live with the virus and will not cause major disruptions to society, much like the flu. And we have seen so far the virus will continue to mutate and new strains will prevail and breakthrough infections will occur regardless of vaccinations. Going forward, it seems as though we'll have to capitalize on available preventative measures like vaccinations to prevent seasonal outbreaks. With the introduction of antivirals aimed to treat COVID-19, it'll become easier to reduce strain on hospitals and prevent morbidity and mortality. We're getting close to emdicity, 
even with the virus mutating, we will see how the virus continues to change. Hopefully, further mutations will lead to less viral strains that will eventually become commonplace in the world without causing massive disruption. Thanks for listening to Noise Filter, your public health podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the Noise Filter podcast, follow us on social media, and to leave us a review, letting us know your favorite part of the show. You can find me, Hope Hickerson, at www.hopehickerson.com. And you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at the Dr. Derry, that's D-R-D-E-R-Y. You can follow us at Noise Filter on Instagram, Noise Filter NOLA on Twitter, and to see and share our amazing animations and to find out more information about us and the show, go to noisefiltershow.com. Just as a reminder, COVID-19 and the human immunodeficiency virus, HIV, do share the same risk factors. We are so grateful to our sponsors, Access Health Louisiana, and to the South Central AETC. You can learn more about them at www.scaetc.org. Hope, any last words? Yes, stay well out there, folks, and continue taking the steps to keep yourself and your loved ones healthy. That includes exercise, a good diet, and seeing your healthcare provider regularly. And protect yourselves and others by getting the COVID-19 vaccine, wearing a mask, and social distancing wherever possible. As an infectious diseases doctor, I also want to share with the healthcare providers in our audience that the HIV Care Tools app was recently launched by the AIDS Education and Training Center, the AETC. And it's a fantastic tool for ensuring your patients have access to the best standard of care. I encourage you all to check it out. And remember, health is a human right.